0: Cutie. Ready? Hey, how you doing? Hi. Hey, you need somebody to sign for that? Dr. Roscoe's got a sign, buddy. Dr. Roscoe is not here today. He's playing golf. I'll sign. Ooh,
1: big skateboard star doesn't want his picture taken. <laughs> Come on. I told you, no more pictures uh <laughs> Tubbs, Castillo, Gina and Trudy, Zito and
0: Tech. Together they are the OCB. They are Miami Vice. And this is the Vice of Miami podcast. Do you remember the fast cars, flashy
1: clothes, big money, and all of the heavy players on the 1980s most iconic TV show Miami Vice? Then this is the podcast for you. Join Mark and Tim
0: as we review each season and episode covering all of the details such as a storyline, stars, music, fun facts and locations, and as well as trivia in which you can participate. Get ready for the Vice of Miami podcast. Welcome back Vice fans to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 42. Tim and I are always glad that you're joining us. We hope you enjoyed our last show covering Florence, Italy. And we absolutely hope you had a great holiday season and a happy new year. Hope all your new wishes come true for the new year. So as always, sit back, relax, grab your beverage, and enjoy the Vice of Miami podcast covering Season 2, Episode 18, French Twist.
1: And Mark, this episode was written by Michael Hogan and Jaron Summers, directed by David Jackson. An original air date of February 16th, 1986 and it was the 39th episode overall in the series. Our plot for this episode is a French Interpol agent is called in to assist in a search for a rogue freelancer who is looking to sell stolen morphine.
0: Let's cover the guest stars and the co-stars that make an appearance in this episode. First up, we have Lisa Eichhorn. She was born February 4th, 1952 in Reading, Pennsylvania. She's an American actress who appeared in this episode as Interpol inspector and international terrorist, Danielle Hare. She performed in the theater before making her film debut in England's BBC Play of the Month, followed by the Europeans, Yanks, Cutter's Way, Wild Rose, The Vanishing King, I'm sorry, The Vanishing King of the Hill, A Modern Affair, Goodbye Lover, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and her most recent movie appearance, 2013's About Time. On television, Ihorn appeared in the TV movie Murder in Three Acts, All My Children, The Equalizer, Pride and Extreme Prejudice, The Practice, Touchpad Angel, Judging Amy, and several others. Ihorn married actor John Curlis. Divorcing him in 1979, she then married makeup artist Ben Nye Jr. in 81 until the divorce in 1986. They have one daughter born in 1981. Eichhorn has since been married to British solicitor Richard Moxon since 2005.
1: Mark, next up we have Sherry Headley, born July 15, 1964 in Queens, New York. And she is an American actress who appeared in this episode as Cindy, the teenage photographer who took a picture of a murder in progress. She began her acting career on The Cosby Show before making her film debut in 1988's Coming to America. Her other movie roles include The Preacher's Wife, Johnson Family Vacation, and her most recent appearance in Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. Her TV roles include Quantum Leap, Matlock, New York Undercover, a regular role in 413 Hope Street that lasted one season, Veronica Mars, House, M.D., Castle, Ten Things I Hate About You, among others. Hadley married actor, rapper, Christopher Play Martin in 1993 until their divorce in 1995. And they have a son, Skylar Martin, born in 1994. And she did just recently in 2021 reprise a role in the sequel to Coming to America.
0: I have yet to see Coming America, the sequel, but the first one is pretty good. Next up, we have Cameron Arnett, who appeared as David, the boyfriend of Cindy. He was born October 14th, 1960 in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Some of his accolades are Poison Ivy, a TV show in 1985. That was his first TV appearance. His first movie appearance in 1988 was Stars and Bars. He also appeared on Star Trek, The Next Generation, Doogie Howser, M.D., my so called life, Meet the Browns, a movie called Zimbabwe, another movie extraordinary, Strange Ground, and a TV show called Faked Out. His most recent movie appearance was in 2018's The Big Fix, and his most recent TV appearance was 2018's Roommates Unwanted. We couldn't find out much else about it.
1: Mark, we have Javier Coronel as Surat Bondi. Most of Coronel's appearances have been in Spanish-speaking movies, but here is a list of some of his American appearances. In 1990, he was on the television version of 21 Jump Street. His first movie role was in Days of Thunder, then in Tollbooth, Speed 2 Cruise Control, the TV movie The Disciples, The Boynton Beach Bereavement Club, which was his most recent American movie appearance in 2005, Magic City. South Beach, which in 2015, which is, was his most recent American TV appearance, there was nothing more we could find on Javier's personal life.
0: And our final guest are: we have Leonard Norman Cohen. Born September 21st, 1934, he was a Canadian singer, songwriter, musician, poet, and artist. He appeared as Francois Zolan in this episode. Cohen moved to the United States in 1967 and began writing songs, including Suzanne. He released five albums from 1967 to 1974, and his music was featured in the movie Macabre and Mrs. Miller. He also toured with singer Jennifer Warrens, who later performed vocals on Cohen's albums in the 1970s and performed Cohen's music on her own solo album in 1987. In 2008, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and in 2010, he received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. In 2014, just after his 80th birthday, popular problems his 13th studio album spanning six decades was released and in 2016 his 14th and final studio album you want it darker was released cohen died on november 10th 2016 in los angeles california of undisclosed causes and rounding out our co-stars we have elliot easton as sullivan bill simpkins as lipton manuel espinosa as harry the delivery man gina schumann as carol and Joe Morgan as Chuck.
1: All right, Mark, let's highlight the Fun Facts Goof's filming locations for this episode. In our first goof, when Swiatek shoots at Bondi at the hospital, the slide of his gun locks back, which indicates it is empty, after only two shots. He is then heard firing a third shot off screen immediately after the second shot, which would be impossible without reloading.
0: Our second goof is when Danielle shoots a bandy with a suppressed weapon, yet when she pulls the gun again on Tubbs, it's clearly an unsuppressed revolver.
1: Mark, the first location is FIU Bay Vista Campus, Northeast, 151st Street and Biscayne Boulevard in North Miami, and that is where Cindy and David were at the hospital.
0: And our last location is Wrapping this up, we have the Blue Waters Hotel, Seventy Third Street and Ocean Terrace Drive in Miami Beach, and that was when the bomb was in the hotel.
1: And something that I found for Miami Vice in the news: some IMDb trivia. Don Johnson was ready to leave the show at the end of the second season, and the studio had lined up Mark Harmon or Treat Williams to take over the role of Sonny Crockett. The only one not happy with this solution was executive producer Michael Mann, who convinced Johnson to stand. As a result, Don became the best paid actor in the history of te- of television series. Johnson subsequently had to turn down roles in a quite a few movies, such as the leads in both The Untouchables and Die Hard.
0: Yeah, Tim, I don't think I could see uh, Don Johnson saying "UPKA" PKA ever ever.
1: <laughs> no, he. I don't think so. And nor as Elliot Ness,
0: right? All right. Music in this episode, the only one we really have listed is "Who's Zooming Who" by Aretha Franklin. That's when Danielle was in the bathtub.
1: And then the only Jan Hammer music listed is "Candy." And that's when Cindy was talking to Carol on the phone. Mark, let's go over the trivia portion of this episode. Last episode, we asked, what is the brand of cigarettes on the billboard in the beginning of the episode? The answer, Golden Lights.
0: And this show's trivia question is, in this episode, what does Rico tell Sonny he's allergic to? You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook post, or you can email us at at (laughs) miamiviceatduck.com. All right, let's get into discussion for this episode, French Twist. What do you say, Tim?
1: Let's do it, Mark. Let's get it done.
0: But first, as I always say, grab your favorite beverage. I was gifted a beer from Nick and Ivy Brewing in Lockport, Illinois. Fresh-brewed beer. It's called The Street, but I think it's actually called... Oh, wait, here we go. Learned on the Street. Six and a half ABV. Uh 20 IBUs. It's a milk stout. So oh yes, it's a stout. Nice and dark. Looks like a can of Coke, Pepsi. You hear that?
1: It's not my the stouts are not my bag.
0: I know. There's it's a kind of one to done for sure. Mm. Very coffee-ish. I mean, really coffee smelling. Nice little head on it. Nice and dark. Let's go. Oh, this is good. Usually stouts are kind of like bitter. Even for 20 IBUs, this is not bad at all. It's really smooth. A lot of chocolatey. Very nice. Good one. It's nothing you want to drink in Miami, that's for sure. <laughs> They'll probably put you on even 6.5%. They'll probably put you on the street just because of the darkness of it.
1: But it's yes. good. Nick
0: and Nick and Ivy Brewing out of Lockport, Illinois. Give them, a, give them a look in your local bottle shop. What do you say we get into it, Tim, for real this time? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. We start out, we're at the Miami Medical Center. And Tim, this is, I would have to think, one of the quickest opening scenes in the series so far. What do you think on that? Mark, when I
1: watched it, I'm like, wow, that was yeah. really fast. So dry. yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, I'm okay with that because we've yeah. had some long, drawn-out oh, ones before.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was quick and to the point. Uh, we come up to uh, a, a lady hero, which her name is Cindy. And it's taking pictures of what I thought was, maybe I thought kind of been a brother. Who, it was really underscript, but we found out that it's her boyfriend, David. He's got his arm and a leg in a cast, apparently from some skateboarding injuries. And I think he's at his PJs, too, uh, in a wheelchair. So she's taking pictures outside just to kind of, I would assume, brighten his spirits. Yeah. And while taking these photos, she witnesses and photographs in the background a delivery guy getting stabbed and kidnapped by someone who appears to be part of the hospital staff. He's got scrubs on. Comes up to the truck. They say some uh, some words. They got an exchange. And this guy stabs the driver. Now, well, apparently, he's a delivery for something we'll get into. So, this truck delivery truck takes off with this alleged hospital staff guy. She runs to see the guy drive away into the delivery truck and even says, I've got the proof. Tim, I looked, clocked in at just over one minute. We don't know exactly... Or did they say, but well, I can't wait to see why the voice crews be called. Did they, well, did they no, say, we're
1: going to know, we're going to know in a couple seconds here.
0: Yeah. Cause they didn't the say teams. what this guy they, was stamped,
1: right? No, they did not. He took, you know, whatever it was, medical supplies or whatever right. in the
0: box. We'll find out.
1: Then we shift to across the pond and we are in Paris, France, either in like a real estate office, some type of an office. We really don't know what it was. But we see a drop being made of some cash for a file folder that holds some kind of information. And it was handed to a gentleman by the name of Zolan. And he gets a phone call about someone named Bondi getting caught or at least stealing some morphine. This is why I would say because it's morphine, it's something that could get stole, sold on the street. It's drugs. it falls fall under the purview of Vice,
0: vice, uh, vice, 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 vice.
1: That that's why that's the, that's why I'm thinking this is how they got entered into this. This French guy says that he's in Miami and he must be killed. Then it shifts back to the hospital where Crockett and Tubbs are discussing this delivery driver being squeaky clean, no record, and now now obvious now why he was killed. The doctor confirms it with Crockett and Tubbs, and now we know why Vice was called. Tubbs says it was three keys of morphine is legal in the me, in the medical setting, but it's going to be worth buku bucks out on the street. I talked to the driver's supervisor. The guy had a perfect record. Besides, he had no way of knowing. The way Bill listed the package is medical supplies. Medical supplies?
0: Three keys of pharmaceutical morphine? And that's legal in here, but you step on and put out on the street, dude can make an awful lot of money with that kind of medicine.
1: Mr. Blur is looking to cash Doctor, in.
0: He was a real fighter.
1: I'm sorry. And when they are leaving the hospital, they notice a newspaper at the nurse's station that has the witness picture and story right smack on the front page. And guess what? Now they're going to probably have to babysit her. her mm-hmm. well, in protective custody, whatever it's going to take.
0: It, was it differentiated that this was the next day allegedly and that's why it was already on the paper if this was the same day that's
1: pretty quick yes <laughs> so I we're we're gonna just have to go by the assumption that the next day it was the next day yes
0: so now we're at OCB they have the witness Cindy she's paging through the usual binder of suspects to see uh if she can ID the killer uh, while she's doing this uh Castillo gets off the phone. And informs crockett and Tubbs that interpol is hot on this kite uh, on this case and on this guy's tail already uh, this guy being bandy uh serrat bandy is the perp we find out who he is switek gives a folder to castillo which has more info on bandy and Tubbs thinks that he remembers that bandy this dude being no chump he doesn't he pretty much takes no prisoners he's you deal with him and you're gone or you don't deal with him and you're dead gone uh, Castillo confirms my suspicion that they're pretty much going to babysit this witness, and that sure enough, they do. Interpol is going to send someone to work with Vice, who just happens to be Inspector. He says Daniel Hire, and we will find out on that.
1: Well, then we we meet uh, Daniel Hire, who is actually Danielle Hire, a woman, and she te- checks into the hotel, much to the pleasure of Crockett. He takes her to a safe house, and along the way, she put. She says putting the witness photo in the paper wasn't wise as Bondi is going to kill her. Crockett informs her that it was the press that did that, not them. At the safe house, Tubbs and Cindy are playing cards. Cindy is putting out the vibes to tea, but he isn't biting because she's a teenager. And Crockett and Danielle arrive. Even Tubbs was taken aback that dan or daniel is actually danielle more vibes are tossed off from cindy higher wants to know everything that cindy saw she was just being to the point
0: right all business
1: all business that's it and being you know standoffish to both crockett and Tubbs. Mm-hmm.
0: mark N- not, not even let's go to mcdonald's and get some french fries <laughs>
1: exactly right that's the, yep let's let's I'm here for a purpose. So let's do it
0: right. Or even, uh, I think back then uh, that sandwich shop Obam Pain was uh, was was hot in the malls. If yes. you remember that, yep. I oh, yeah, I could have went there. So anyway, fast forwarding here to back at the hospital. Sydney's uh, boyfriend David. He's still recuperating, and we see in the background some guy walk around. It's the cheesiest disguise of a maintenance man uh, while he's sneaking around and quickly scoping out the room of Dan uh david Um, obviously the paper did her in so this guy's already sidling around seeing what he could do so we're back at the safe house now hire is still talking with crockett and Tubbs about the whole case the ins and outs of it Um, crockett after this takes Hire back to hotel and offers some babysitting tips to Tubbs on his way out he's not buying it Uh, cindy is chatting on the phone In her room, while Tubbs is watching her, she's like a teenager, you know, with chatting with a friend, you know, with her legs crossed and all these different poses and all that. Meanwhile, in the other room, Tubbs sees her camera and takes the film out. Did he ever
1: do anything with that film? Yeah,
0: I was just going to say that. as We've got to fast forward, say we fast forward, because nothing ever became of it in the episode. He took it out thinking maybe there's more, right? I mean, obviously. Right. But he took it, and that was it. That's and it. It was end, that the end of that.
1: I'm not introducing you to them, Carol. They're too old and you're too young. No, I don't think Sonny or are going to take you to the prom. Carol, shut up for a second. I'm going to need your help. So now we're back at the hospital and this maintenance guy, who we who we know as uh, Surat Bondi, Enters the phone circuit room and taps the line of David, who just so happens to be talking with Cindy on the phone. She's all up and sneaks out past the sleeping Tubbs. Tubbs hears the car pull away and calls in to Switek to head to the hospital with some backup. The person that Cindy was talking to originally on the phone was her friend Carol, who was the one that picked her up and drops her off as the hospital. All the while, we see Bonnie sneaking around the roof with something hidden in a case. She somehow gets past security and nurses and goes to David's room. We now see Bondi has a high-powered rifle with a scope and some other gear. Tubbs pulls up and runs into the building and takes Cindy back. Swiatek is outside, and Tubbs says they are going to walk quickly to the van. That's what he tells uh, Cindy as Swiatek is waiting to receive them there, as they know someone may be outside waiting with a gun.
0: On the roof. Right. This, this this, is what I thought was kind of odd. Did they know that somebody was going to be there? I mean, why did they, you know, if, if they're going through these steps, like we got to wait, you know, wait till the van doors open and then we're going to walk quickly. Then why didn't they have more people there? Why didn't they check everything out? Why didn't they yeah, check out the roof? Yeah, why just Swiatek? Yeah. Right.
1: So David, who just so happens to be on a rooftop terrace or something like that, shouts out to Cindy, which in turn gives Bondi time to take a shot at her. Swiatek returns fire. Bondi takes his gear and rappels down the building that would make Johnny Gage and Roy DeSoto proud. And Rorschach pissed because there wasn't a safety knot tied. And he even
0: went down too fast. So now we're at OCB. Crockett gets word that Cindy's going to be okay, which I guess is good, uh, as Danielle walks in. She gives Tubbs the big diss on how he watched over her. Crockett offers a retort, as he does. And she then pretty much backpedals on what how she scoffed at uh, Tubbs. They then all discuss on how to pretty much go about uh, getting to Bandy. Danielle's hotel. They're still pondering how to get bandy and how in the USA they do things a little bit differently. Rocket leaves. She gets a call from her, I guess her boss, Zol Zolan. Zolan, yes. Zolan. Basically, he wants her to essentially take care of business and take care of business quickly.
1: And they were talking in French, and she said something about, I haven't taken care of the wet work yet, so whatever. Mm -hmm. That meant, bomb, he's got to go.
0: Right. So right away, okay, she may be Interpol. This is where it's taken a little twist, not too far of a twist in the usual Miami Vice world, but it's getting interesting here.
1: So now we're at the St. Vitus dance, and Tubbs arrives to see Crockett feeding Elvis. He's got some information on Danielle. He has a funny feeling about her and indicates he may or may not have tapped her phone. Crockett wants Tubbs to keep him informed on his extracurricular police work. This begs the question, if Danielle's with Interpol, why wouldn't she suspect that she might get tapped or anything like that? Why wouldn't she be a little bit more paranoid?
0: Right. Or why would she just be by herself, too? Yes. I mean, wouldn't you think if it's what we find out that they are, they would just send somebody more than just her? to kind of like cover her, you know, watch her from afar or something.
1: As our plot develops, we will find out. Mark? I checked on the
0: inspector. You know, i like to know who I'm working with. So how you find any dirt? Not any that you can see. You know, she's been with Interpol for five years, made all the right moves. She spent time at Stanford, Oxford, law school in Berlin. Does some good work on major cases. Especially specialty is narcotics. Yeah, narcotics and hostility. (laughs) She's getting to you, huh? You know, I've been thinking about uh, tapping her phone. You mean you already have? (laughs) You and I have been working too long together. You know all my mood. There's something definitely wrong with her, man. I just can't put my finger on it.
1: Do what you gotta do, Rico. Lay out your hunch, just keep me
0: informed. Cool, man. Um, where are we at here? Uh we're at OCB now, and it sounds as if uh Tubbs was pretty much hand slapped for a castillo for letting Cindy slip away. Uh Danielle and the Vice crew, they're going over the details of the whys and what's and where's of Bandy. And it seems that if Danielle and Vice have two different paths with the same destination, I guess you could say, on how to get bandy. And I'm looking in this scene, all the vice crew and even Castillo in his simple black suit in their apparel. And her clothing style is way off base for being a Miami. you think she would have done her homework. Um, the French garb does not fit in. She's got like some shawl or something. Or right. Like the scarf that goes over her shoulders and all that. It just doesn't work. But if you know, I'll try to find a picture and I'll put it in a Facebook post. But if, if you see it, you'll understand. So now we are at a, a pretty much a rundown apartment building. And I'm thinking I've got to go back to take a look and we'll post this as well. I wonder if this is the same one that was used in the maze because it looks kind of the same on the outside. But it's possible. It, yeah, it's a rundown apartment building. The vice crew's moving in. What they think is Bandy is there. But when they're sneaking around in the apartment, uh, Swytek hits a tripwire and then kaboom. No bandy. And then Switek apologizes to a tenant that opens his door for waking them. Which, was-
1: Just as a side note, when uh, Tubbs got reprimanded by Castile, Castile said a line that he used with Tubbs the very first episode that Marty Castile was in in season one. I'm not reprimanding you. I'm just stating a fact for future reference.
0: And to further digress, we'll see a nickname coming up here and we'll get to, but go ahead, Tim.
1: All right. Now we're at, uh, the Daniel's hotel and she's sharing drinks with some suave looking dudes and Crockett oversees this and becomes incensed. She is apparently making some deals for some drugs. He pulls her away into her room. She fills him in on the fact that those guys are wanting to buy morphing and they would lead her and the vice to bond And then she puts the moves on Crockett and you know what happens there. You haven't been telling me everything you know, have you? No game, straight talk. What the hell's going on? You knew what was coming down, didn't you? An
0: educated guess, Crockett. I tried to warn you. Well, you could've damn well
1: been a little more emphatic.
0: And you could've listened a little bit better. (sighs) We're getting nowhere. Those two men I was talking with downstairs, they're in the morphine business. They have dealt with Bundy before. I'm sure he will contact them. And when he does, they will call us.
1: The OCB uh, and Tubbs informs Crockett by phone that Daniel has been talking to some guy in Paris from Interpol, some Interpol. Bigwig, he checks out as squeaky clean but then he asks trudy well trudy asks him, what do you need another favor?" because he's looking around he lays on a charm but he says you know when trudy tells him that daniel checks out just fine as a cop he says let's do it the reverse and check and see what she is with if does she have any criminal record yep. because again his spidey sense was uh cut up with on uh, that one
0: Tubbs was pretty much dead on on this one as we'll find out Yes. So now we're at OCB uh, still. Danielle walks into Castillo's office uh, very confidently and informs him that uh, Crockett is setting things up with the morphine buyers. All the while, and you see this, Castillo has his stare in full force. He knows something's up. He knows more than he wants to say. He pretty much cracks the whip on her, setting something up as far as a buy would go. He says, let them know first about this and then go about setting the stuff up. She pretty much digresses. She agrees. Uh, Vice has these buyers in the office and they're letting them know that they have to stay away from Bandy because he's bad news. They'll pretty much just end up dead. So, anyway, these two schmoes are now pretty much beholden to Vice work with us or pretty much be dead. So, Tubbs pulls up to a valet at some, uh, at some hotel. Then we see Bandy making a call. Uh, he talks to the buyers, but gets interrupted by the valet who rats out Tubbs for checking in on him. All the while, Vice is still listening in to the, and they're recording it. They overhear some struggle. Tubbs pretty much snakes around and gains entry to a room and finds that the valet, he's dead. Bandy did him in, stabbed him. Bandy gets away. This was uh, it, it was kind of intense, but it was not the usual 15-minute interlude of Tubbs sneaking around and all this. It was just straight to the point, which I like.
1: So now we're back at OCB and Tubbs informs Crockett that Daniel got a call from her french connections boss she was given bandy's hotel and room number crockett and tubs and Swytek over the recording from the phone castile comes in and this is where we learn that Swytek's nickname is swy
0: swy the member in an episode season one where Swytek is jacking around pretty much on the radio during surveillance
1: yes yes and then
0: castile chimes in off oh, swy yes So Castillo comes into the room here and says, hey, Shvai. I'm like, I knew it.
1: Castillo calls Tubbs in his office, and Tubbs expresses a concern about Danielle, and Castillo says she's a cop. She'll get her chance to explain, but he doesn't want any more Lone Ranger tactics from Tubbs.
0: So now we're at the St. Vitus dance, and Crockett is just chilling out. He's fishing for lunch or dinner for Elvis, and up walks Danielle. Crockett seems a tad, I guess you could say perturbed that she didn't give Vice info on Bandy's location as she knew all along. He's pissed. He's pretty much pissed. Uh, she starts putting romantic advances on her and he pretty much rebuffs her. She walks away. And now we're at Danielle's hotel. She's in her hot tub there with this really goofy face mask thing sculpture on the wall behind her. She's in her tubs. Uh, and she's in her tub and she's chilling. And in walks, some guy puts his foot up on the tub. She says, oh, I thought you'd be your partner. And we find out that it's Tubbs who's who is actually walking in. He lays a verbal smackdown on her for messing with his friend, and he wants her gone. And if she's not gone, he says he's going to spill the beans on who she is to everybody out there, and her cover will be blown. And they'll essentially still get bandy. But he wants her out of there. I was hoping you would be someone else. Partner. you mess with my best friend and i don't like it what do you want me to do make him not like me i think you're a bad dream baby i just want to wake up and find you gone
1: and what if i don't want to be gone rico
0: that's easy I know what you are. If you don't split, I'll have every newspaper, every wire service on your case so fast you won't know where to look. You'll be out in the cold, baby. with No place warm in sight. Have a nice trip. Home. I thought there okay. was. Uh, I thought it was pretty much pretty good for Tubbs. Stuck up for his friend. Yeah. What do you think on that?
1: Yes, he did, and he I mean he laid it down. He obviously had the dirt on her and we're gonna find out in a second what that was. So now we're at the OCB and we have a second day of the buyers at in just that room just waiting for Bonnie to call and they wonder what happens to them if he doesn't call. But he does call and he gives a location and time for the morphine buy. Castile wants Sullivan, one of the schmoes, to make the buy as Bonnie isn't a dummy and will know a decoy. Vice doesn't have any have a good run using decoys. And then we have Tubbs arriving at the St. Vitus Dance, and he tells Crockett that Danielle is wanted from New Zealand for blowing up a Greenpeace boat. Seems as if she is French CIA and they want Bondi dead at all costs. The
0: plot thickens, Tim. Yes, it does. I mean she called
1: her, he said she's a dark spook or spook, whatever she said. And then he said French CIA.
0: She's doing good, you know, wanting to help get this, essentially, murder drug killer off the streets, but she ain't no good herself. So now we're at the location of the deal, wrapping up the episode here. Vice is sitting at the buy site waiting for Bondi. Um, They all looked at at a nondescript boat motoring up, a cigarette boat, and then he just goes away. They thought this could have been somebody for Bondi. Vice is confused, obviously, but pops Bandy uh, street side. He approaches Sullivan. And pulls a weapon. Crockett sees this. He pretty much darts in and pushes uh, Sullivan to safety. Bandy pops off a few rounds and takes off running, getting away again. 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 Crockett and Tubbs uh, chased after Bandy down a few streets, up and over a bridge being raised. And then uh, Crockett's still crawling up this drawbridge that's going up. Tubbs is pretty much on Bandy's heel. And then Danielle pops out and shoots Bandy dead. You're gone. So. This bridge is almost now vertical. Tub, uh, Crockett is hanging on, still can not get over it. Danielle gives Tubbs a gun, saying, you, you know, I don't need this no more. My work is done. But, boom, surprise. She's got another gun and now wants to off Tubbs for possibly spilling the beans on her. He hasn't done it yet. He just threatened to do it. But she's going to stop it. No, nevertheless, she's going to stop Tubbs. But from far away, hanging on the bridge with one hand and in the other hand, Crockett shoots her all while he's hanging on his bridge and then we assume that she's DOA End of episode Daniel! He's dead
1: Why'd you kill him?
0: He had a big mouth He did some work for us a few years ago I don't need this anymore. You are a nightmare. You have a big mouth Tubbs. You told me so yourself. I'm going to leave this gun in Bandy's hand,
1: with one less bullet. I've got to get away clean.
0: check out the ratings for this episode tim imdb gives this a 7.5 out of a 10 your thoughts mr tim you
1: know i would agree with the imdb rating is this episode was it wasn't really anything special it was very straightforward it had one major storyline of the ocb in conjunction with interpol investigator danielle looking to take down a morphine thief before he can make a sale of said morphine. But then for me, the twist in this story comes when Tubbs asked Trudy to run Danielle as a criminal versus a cop. And this was a big payoff. This was really solid police work by Tubbs because again, one you know, there's that nagging feeling about this person. Why is she here? What's going on? We found out that she was wanted from a Greenpeace bombing in New Zealand, as she really was french cia you know i did like how Tubbs tried to get her to leave miami when he was going to blow her cover he's putting that full court press by i'm going to let every news media outlet know who you are and what you're about you know danielle was really there to kill bondy as he was an asset at one time for the french cia but he started shooting his mouth off and they couldn't have that so he was a marked man
0: uh indeed this nut a uh, very overwhelmingly big episode. Although I do like the simple plot lines they have going in the last few episodes here. Not too many twists. I was confused at first when they were in Paris in uh, the cash and the file handoff. I thought maybe they were the bad guys. I mean, they ended up being bad guys, essentially. But I thought they were, you know, the drug dealers from this first scene at the hospital here. And why did I know that Tubbs would have to babysit Cindy? Smooth. Teenager Cindy. <laughs> I was also confused as to whether she and David were an item. I thought maybe it was just, you know, brother and sister at the first scene. You know, he's trying to she's trying to cheer him up, but whatever. And after Cindy was shot, what happened to them? Well, they just shot and that's it. They're they're out of the episode. Nothing ever became of them. We never heard. Um, kind of like the film. Tuck Tubbs took the film out of the camera.
1: What nothing happened? Be- it?
0: Nothing became of it. You think it would something like that would be pivotal instrumental yeah some good information but they just disappeared um typically a victim like this they'd want to exact some sort of revenge at the end of the episode maybe she would have shot danielle instead of crockett you know for threatening tubs or something like that and i also want to know what the hell's dave doing hanging out unattended and unnoticed on a hospital roof or the terrace there i mean he was laid up needed a wheelchair to get around yeah. after a few minutes, he, he's at this terrace. I mean, aren't these doors locked? Where's the nurses? And the fashion in the episode was the normal Miami garb, as I said. But in the scene at OCB, Danielle's wearing, I guess, some sort of the customary French outfit. It just didn't blend. Again, I'll see if I can put a photo of it. But anyway, still a good episode, but nothing stellar. I liked it. Yes, I liked it, too. Just
1: run it a mill. But it was, like you said, I like how they're keeping these last few plots just very simple and straight and to the point
0: we've arrived at Snurd's chalkboard of wisdom where we hope to inspire enlighten or make you snicker a little in both the world of miami vice and our world at large we encounter many challenges we work to overcome and in the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and our social media we'd like to offer some parting thoughts a simple quote phrase words of encouragement are fun and quick to you our listeners because without you our friends we'd be talking to ourselves and we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow the show and our social media this episode's quote is from bill vaughn on the new year an optimist stays up till midnight to see the new year in a pessimist stays up to make sure the old one leaves we encourage everyone listening to be a positive force not in your life only but others as well. It's contagious and can make our world a better place. And with
1: that, we'd like to bring this episode of Vice of Miami Podcast to a close. If you like our show and we hope that you do, please help spread the word. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Vice. Tell a friend and post this and other episodes on your social media and tag us at Vice of Miami Podcast so we can see it. And if you can, please rate and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. This helps us out immensely. It only takes a few moments and would mean the world to us. It's listeners like you who make what we do here worth it. Many thanks to everyone who have liked or reviewed our shows.
0: So again, we'd like to wish everybody a happy new year. We hope it's very prosperous for you. And we'll catch you next time on The Vice of Miami Podcast Show 43, covering Season 2, Episode 19, The Fix. Now...
1: Mellow no, out, pal.